You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. The Hunter's Advantage podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more. Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you want to support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, Go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunters Advantage podcast. We are uh, currently joined by a couple couple gooners. We got Jake Gaylord, who looks like a pumpkin, and uh, Prison Pate. How are you guys doing? Getting the move for Paul. Captain Carol, baby. I did walk in Jake's house the other day, and it was it's it's fall, y'all, in the Gaylord household. I'll tell you that. Yeah, dude. R.I.P. Summer laps. 2023. They're <laughs> those all live over love the, laps. All over the place. Abby Listen. took those deer mounts down and live love laugh and spooky welcome. season. Yeah, we dude. may be goons, but we shoot boons. <laughs> <laughs> you guys might. I don't. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't shoot anything last year for anyone wondering. <clears throat> well. Oh, so we're currently in week, not week, I guess, episode four of our uh, How to Hunt Public Land Bucks series. Last week, we talked about hang and hunt, um, some stories that we had about hanging hunting and uh, some of the kind of considerations and way we think about hunting spots. But this week, we're going to be doing something that we don't have as much experience with, just a little, uh, but we're going to be talking about ground hunting. How's that different from tree hunting? Typically, on tree hunting, you get in a tree, and then ground hunting, you're on the ground. Is that, does that make sense? So in the tree, you hunt. On the ground, you sleep because you have no chance. Terrell, <laughs> mm. you ground hunt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this might be a little bit of a shorter episode, just full transparency, because we haven't hunted a ton on the ground, but... I'm trying to go back and think public or private doesn't matter for this specific question. When's the first time you guys ever hunted on the ground? It can be, it could be in a blind, I guess, but answer that question. I know is, is I shot my very first buck hunting on the ground. I was in a lawn chair. Oh, so you're experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I grew up ground hunting. Some, some could say, uh, (laughs) Yeah we were hunting a fence line an overgrown fence line in the middle of the property, just stupid random fence. Don't even know why it's there serving no purpose. But my dad was sitting in a tripod and then I was on the ground sleeping on, uh, in a lawn chair. And it was during youth rifle season, I believe. And unfortunately a big old 11 pointer 
Cam strolling out, and uh, he's right behind you. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is actually big old eleven point, and uh, shot, shot him in the face. That was it. Carol, I've really only ground hunted with the bow twice that I can recall, and then rifle hunting. You know, we pitched up a blind. I actually shot a decent deer. Uh, shot him the front shoulder. It broke both both of his front shoulders, and we never found him. He ran through a creek. So, What's decent? If I remember correctly, it's probably like 120 inches. But Where was that? I was down at the gra- at my grandpa's. That was a long time ago. It's like a 250, 300 yard shot. Was he and, five and a half? No, no. Damn, no. what are you doing? He was a buck that walked <laughs> by. This was so long ago. This was so long ago. So, but with the bow, not not very many times. Do you guys want to change that? Do you have any? Do you have any like aspirations or desire to hunt more on the ground? So, if it has sleeping at the bottom of the tree, Carol. Oh, hey, Christian, there's a video of you sleeping at the bottom of a tree. Yeah, because I'd already killed like what, like eight deer that set. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Poacher? What? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes and no. On public, no, because it only you know where we typically hunt, there's going to be a tree. And I did it one time on public. I, cause I think Dave had my saddle or my platform. I think yeah, I had your platform. Time. That's what it was. And so I hunted twice on the ground and it didn't feel right, but on the lease at the same time, I know on the lease to access, you know, and hunt on our North side, we might not have a tree. So if the conditions are right, the wind is right. And we have, you know, deer coming in to play it that way. Yes. I would sit on the ground to get the job done, but it is very, very preferred not to. Chrissy. I, after listening to the deer science episode, or I guess recording it with Matt Ross and understanding the real, like kind of intricacies of a deer's vision. I really don't see a reason you can't hunt on the ground like fairly consistently if you want to like the way deer see in 2060 vision it's pretty blurry they do see in slow motion so they're good at capturing motion but you can kill like i i just i think you can kill deer on the ground i think we give them way too much credit uh, with their eyes well what was your first experience with hunting on the ground uh i'm trying to think we dude, probably similar to you guys we used to post up like bottom of the trees all the time like would just when I started hunting uh, dust rifles in place. Yeah. With rifles, dude, we would go sit on pond dams all the time and just, just hunt that way. And I've shot deer that way with a rifle. No problem. It's a little bit different when you're just kind of sitting on your butt posted up with a gun with, uh, with some sticks, like you're really not giving them a chance. My first buck I ever shot was on the ground. Actually, the, uh, the 10 point I shot off Dustin's, we walked up on over the edge of a hill and I posted up my gun against a tree and shot that buck 250 yards away. So you spot and stocked it. Some would say my first buck was spot and stock. Ooh. So I've had this in me since 2005. I'd say just a passion <laughs> for ground hunting. Uh, yeah. Now that's, that's how I got started with that. I mean, it's not, I feel like the blind aspect of it is a lot more popular than people just kind of posting up in the ground, hunting with a bow. I do feel like the last few years, especially since watching some of the hunting public's videos, I'm like, Oh my gosh, people are killing good deer on the ground. Like just walking around that way. Well, man, I think the biggest like push for me would be just the comfortability of 
hunting on the ground and and i mean push in a bad way uh like i just especially on public land i don't feel confident and, and especially if you have just a bow in your hand it's like man it's already hard enough when you're 15 feet up there to you know get the opportunity to, to, to draw back you know quick enough to not you know let them know what's going on and so on the ground before the deer science month obviously it's like i would i i feel like i'm shooting myself in the foot you know what i mean like i'm just i'm just hurting myself that that much more if i if i'm not up 15 20 feet up in the tree i i think the biggest driver for me is not so much of if i have a deer i'm going to be super still you know do everything slow motion do what i need to do it's not so much of the deer seeing me i'm more worried of me seeing the deer on the ground because your vision mm, that's good is so much worse i don't care what anybody says on the ground you're up in a tree and as long as you don't have tree limbs or anything you're seeing hundreds of yards on the ground you know confirmed hey i got a deer coming um especially where we hunt you can you can see them but on the ground you don't hear like oh he's here he's here he's here you know, like I got to get ready, but in a tree stand or in a saddle, you're like, okay, deer, I'm going to start getting stuff ready. I'll check to see if it's a buck or what it is, but I'm going to get ready on the ground. I don't think you have that. It's, it's more of a timing and my eyesight than theirs that I'm worried about. Well, I have, I think it's different. Like it's different how you do it because if it's like a setup, like semi-permanent stand, let's say, uh, what where you pop up a blind or something on private like that aspect of hunting on the ground like obviously that's like i'm comfortable with that that's secure and in all honesty i kind of like hunting out of a blind i would think more than uh in a stand at least for private just because of you can call me a sissy but you know if it's like super windy and super cold like you don't have to wear that many layers if you're in a blind because i mean you're kind of out of the out of the elements at that point and also if it's like 20 30 30 yards are in like it's pretty personal, you know, your, your eye level with the deer. And it's like, it, it's just a whole different aspect of, of, of the hunt hunting out of the ground. Now in a blind, you know, you have a, a little bit more wiggle room to be able to move around and draw back and stuff. But, uh, but if, if you're just going in where you don't really have a blind or you can't really brush yourself in or set, set behind something, it's a little different because I remember in, what, what was that been? That would have been 2021 where I have a ladder stand now because I cleared out some trees. Uh, I couldn't find a good tree to hang a hang on. And this is before a saddle. I went in because I knew I've seen this nice 10 point a few times before. And every single day he would like, we had this one fence that's it's like in the middle of this tree line, but uh, it's not like a very good fence. And so he, this deer and a group of doe would walk the same path every single day. And so what I decided to do is move to where he was walking to. And since I couldn't find a good tree or anything, I just sat on a log with uh, my left shoulder around this like little bitty tree. Like it wasn't super little, but it was probably, I don't know, eight inches in diameter, maybe. Uh, and that was it. Cause there wasn't like any huge, like, monarch trees there uh because it was so thick like the understory just filled with those little bitty saplings and so that's that's what i used and i had a, like i seen that group of deer work towards me but they ended up seeing something out in the field i don't know what it was and they kind of trotted off away from me and as i was grunting at it 
uh, another deer came in from behind me and got within like 15 yards and I didn't have any room to finagle or anything like that. And I think if you set up on the ground, you have to have like, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you sit on the ground, you have to have all your, you got to make sure everything's planned out and where you want it to most of the time or else something could happen like that where a deer comes from where you're not expecting it. And then, you, you know, you're just kind of caught with your peck in your hand. Well, timber, I don't think timber and timber situations on the ground is like a tip is a super good idea for most situations. Like you don't right. have a lot of like, especially in sparse timber where you got a tree and then three feet later, there's a tree. And then 10 foot later, there's a tree. There's really nothing to break up your outline. You kind of look like tree cancer, you know, like that big mm. bump in this, in the sniper community. That's how they find a bunch of people. Cause they lay next to trees and it looks like tree cancer, just a big bump on the end of a tree. And like I've seen that in, in a lot of timber scenarios or like where we hunt in the mountains, I would not like feel super comfortable on the ground. Like you're saying, Pate, visibility is kind of an issue. I feel like it's hard to get a good hide, but when you're hunting somewhere that's maybe ag or more grass or edge habitat, I feel like it'd be so easy to tuck into an edge and hunt that way. I haven't done a ton of that, but what I was thinking about is, I guess people that turkey hunt a lot might be more apt to sit on the ground because of when you're turkey hunting and kind of running gunning, you're like moving to a spot and you hear a gobble and you sit down and you hunt. And then you hear a gobble and you go another 150 yards and you sit down and you hunt. And you're used to kind of sitting on the ground looking for places that kind of break up your outline because turkeys have impeccable eyes. They see in, in full color. They have really good eyesight. They pick you off. Movement is insane. I've noticed that with people that like to kind of run and gun turkey hunt, it seems like they hunt on the ground a lot more. In my opinion, a good example is Jake Ayers. That dude does not mind yeah. hunting on the ground. Like half the time, he never even takes a tree stand. I think it's not that he's good at like finding places to blend in. I think that the animal does what we three, like all of us do. And when you see him, you're like, damn, that is a beautiful man. And then <laughs> yeah. they, they just take a few seconds to admire. And then at that time, then they get shot. It, exactly. Right. Well, I mean, I think about it like a good amount, like the, uh, the places we have hunted have not been super, I think, advantageous to hunt on the ground. And if you're going to hunt private, there's not really a reason to do it. If, are there any situations where you guys would like want to try ground hunting? Like no blind, no nothing. Blowing can't, uh, blowing Peyton's Kansas bug from that lake spot. Tell us that was cool. that was a comfortability thing. That wasn't like an issue with with uh, like it wouldn't have been a good uh, on the ground spot. Like it would have been. So the way this sets up is there's this big old lake, and it kind of oxbows in the lake, and there's like a big old patch of timber. And we scouted this before the season, and we're like, if a deer's anywhere around here, it's going to be in this little little oxbow right here great little isolated bedding area oh beautiful and uh so we set up on the corner just there's, there's a little sliver on the edge of uh of this bean field where we thought they would travel to get to this next strip of timber and that's exactly where we set up or yeah where we were planning on setting up well i went in because carol wasn't down there yet and i hunted this spot because this was the area we were going to we we're working with one vehicle i believe and so wherever you went, I had to go, vice versa. And uh, 
So I sat here and I was still new to the saddle, but in this spot, there wasn't any like, there wasn't good trees to like set, you know, eight to 15 feet up in a tree. It was, they were super spindly. Well, there there was that and it had uh, so many like low hanging branches. And so you could, the highest you could get was probably like four feet up in there. And then at that point you're just like not doing yourself any favor. And so what I did being new to the saddle is I hung at like, I, I was in the tree but I was basically sitting on the ground and I just used my saddle as a seat. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that was, that, that was about it. And now I was stupid. I was probably a little bit too high, but I mean, it, I think it would have worked if I would have just been comfortable enough and confident to, to not have to sit in a tree. If that makes sense. Cause you played the kind of, half in half out game no benefit it's like, of being up in the tree but no benefit of being on the ground exactly it's like when you're like hunting a ridge and you try to hunt in the middle of the ridge you're not going to get a great shot on either side now you're going to get two iffy shots if you're able to shoot shoot across it's like one of those scenarios and so uh yeah that's just what i did and i picked the both of the the worst of both worlds i should say and uh ended up not working out deer came out exactly where we wanted it to and i was just caught off guard and I got busted because I really didn't have any cover. Do you think, I think you did answer this question, but do you think because we haven't had a ton on the ground, you didn't have the confidence to just sit on the ground? That's, that's the only thing was the confidence. Cause it's like, man, I feel because it, it almost felt so foreign because usually when I have a bow in my hand and I'm trying to kill a deer, it's like, I've always been in a tree or like a blind where I knew I could get away with like a little bit of movement. But here, like I've, I was so stupid about, you know, man, am I going to be an idiot for like trying to sit on the ground? Cause like, I've like, to be honest, I've never really considered that before, like on a spot that I didn't know what was going to happen or like where the deer are going to come out from. I was like, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot because that's another thing. What Carol touched on a second ago is like the visibility aspect of it. It's like, I don't want a deer to a walk up up on me. I just didn't hunting public enough, like as much public as we've hunted and especially having that little issue about you know where we hunt in oklahoma where the deer density is low i don't want to miss an opportunity because usually if you miss one good opportunity you're not going to have another one and kansas that might have been different or it might have been the same but that's that was my mindset going in where i didn't want to if a deer came in i didn't want to blow the opportunity and so my thinking is is i would see them beforehand and then situate myself after i seen them that's kind of my thought process I think of the ground aspect as like just another tool because it, I don't think it, in most scenarios it should be your A plan. Like, why would it be? If you have a good, if you got have a climber or a hang on or a saddle and you can get above the deer, <laughs> absolutely. That's one of the only ways you can mitigate their vision at all. So you might as well. But in that situation and in other situations, I think there's certain scenarios where it is the only option. And if you're not able to do it then, then like you said, I think it can bite you in the cheeks. Hard. Well, uh, oh, I thought you were going to transition into your Kansas buck where it was your only option. Well, yeah, there's that. That's a good story for that example. So when we were hunting Kansas, we hunted a week in Oklahoma and then we went up to Kansas this last season and kind of got frustrated with the hunting pressure in the areas that we were hunting. So I decided to, me and Jake both decided to drive around. I think Carol was actually hunting that day. 
but we decided to drive around and just look for deer because it was like, I want to see deer. You know, I want to get confirmation that there's deer around before I put up shop somewhere. So I drove by this Milo field on private land and there were probably 30 or 40 deer in this spot. And one of them was a, like 160 inch or just a freaking giant. Whatever. And you're seeing things. Maybe I was after that two weeks of delusion, <laughs> but, but anyways, the, that buck was, he was out there and he was big. I'll just say he's at least a Pope and young, but he okay. ran off and there was a cattle pasture that was public and it was just right next to this Milo. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go try to get in here and call to these deer as they kind of come back and walk back to bedding to this fence line. And Ooh, when I, you know, that's going to tickle some fancies, an out of stater hunting the fence on private. I didn't say I was hunting the fence. I said, when they came by the fence line, I wasn't on the fence. I was okay. 30 yards off of it. Okay. That's Continue. fair. That is so fair game. I don't care what people say about that. Carol, right, made, but, a, but, Carol made a TikTok about fence lines. What do people say about it, Carol? <laughs> it was really 50-50. There's some people like, hey, if you're legal, you're legal. <laughs> some people are like, hey, yeah. that's pretty messed up, but you're legal. You were legal. That's true. I was legal. There were some people on Carol's TikTok that uh, that were like, my land, nobody going to tell me where I hunt on my land. I'll hunt the tree next to the fence. And you're like, okay, dude. Um, you were also like some on of my neighbors. You're also on public land. Like, yeah. What are you going to do? It's yeah. not my fault that the public was crap and there was no food on it. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the state of Kansas's problem. I've seen some of the neighboring, uh, people that the neighbor, the private I hunt, there's literally a tree that's like growing up into the fence and they have a stand facing towards ours. So it's literally like over the fence facing ours. And it's like, where are you shooting, bud? Your land. Yes. There, there are certain scenario, dude, I don't give a frick. If there's a deer I'm private and I want to try to kill it and I and I'm legal, I don't care. So yeah, I walked back in there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to take my saddle and get in a tree back here. When I say there wasn't a tree within like 300 yards, there was not a tree within 300 yards, like even remotely close. All the trees were on private. All the ag was on private. I basically had a hay meadow. So I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. How, how am I going to make this work? So I walked in and there was a cluster of rocks, like three rocks that were kind of sitting on top of each other. Like, and I don't mean rocks, like boulders, like actual big boulders and a telephone pole. So I was like, okay, this is the only option. Do I want to sit 300 yards back and basically just watch some nice deer walk down the fence or do I want to be in the chips? I decided I wanted to be in the chips. So I sat, I posted up behind that rock, set my camera up and everything and the rock and the telephone pole. And what do you know, like 30 minutes before dark, a, a doe and a fawn come over and I'm like, all right, this is my test. This is my test that they're going to see me. The doe and the fawn <laughs> jump the fence. And I mean, first thing they're like, like locked on me on the ground. I'm like, Oh no. And I got my bow in my hand. Cause I'm like, dude, I'll pop a doe. I'm on the ground. This is going to be so sick. I'll pop a fawn. Yeah. Well, in Kansas dude, they're like 90 pounds anyway. So you might as well. That's um, true. I've been using the new Exodus rival cell camera for the last couple months. And I have found a beautiful, mainframe eight point with tons of stickers to go after this fall Ooh. 
One thing I do appreciate about Exodus trail cameras is all of the cameras share the same data plan. So you only pay for what you need. A lot of cell cam companies charge you for HD pictures. I've seen prices of $5 for 50 HD pics. Exodus is going to give you unlimited HD pictures right to your phone, which is awesome when you're sitting there in the middle of the summer and it's 100 degrees and you just want to binge a bunch of trail cam photos. If you're looking for a solid cell camera with great performance and a five-year no BS warranty, go check them out. So as we all know, hunting gear is something people can make way too complicated. Arrows can be the exact same way. Instead of going down all those rabbit holes, trying to sift through the endless information that's online, and you're not really sure if it's right or wrong, Exodus makes it simple to get the right arrow for your exact setup. So go online to the Exodus Arrow Builder. It takes less than a minute. You're gonna enter your draw weight, your draw length, and how heavy of a point you're shooting. And it's gonna be that simple. Let the guys at Exodus take care of the rest. So if you're interested in Exodus Rival cell cameras or a new set of their MMT arrows, just go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and use code HA15 for 15% off anything on the website. Once again, that is exodusoutdoorgear.com. Use code HA15 at checkout for 15% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. No, like a full-size doe here, but I'm sitting on the ground and they they do that kind of like side-eye and they circle the entire way around me. And the whole time I'm like, dude, I could pop you. Like I'm holding my bow, like I could pop you so hard. And they circle behind me and win me and bust and i'm like all right it worked though that's a successful sit like they saw me but they didn't but obviously didn't see me that good because if they would have saw me great they would have busted immediately they walked the whole way around me at like 25 yards busted me with the wind that's fine so i was like okay i think i I think this will work if a buck walks by so like 15 minutes before dark a nice buck walks by the fence and another buck's trailing him and one of them is like 130 inches. One of them's like a dink, and then one of them's like a, probably 120s, 130s. And I stop. They're like on the edge of the fence, and I'm, but, but, and they're like, what? Because I'm only like 30 yards away. Like, what the frick was that? And they both stop and they look, and they take another step, and I but hit them again with a grunt. They'd stop and look like what? And then I they we did that several times, and they walked into the timber, and I was like, frick, dude, like. That sucks. I was in there for that 160, and I never saw him. I'm sure he was on the field somewhere, probably. But you I just was in there. Carry the zero on that deer. Yeah, the 16. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we got. I, I'm I'm sitting in there, and it's like right at last light, and I and I hear <laughs> in on the private. And I'm like, oh f that, and so I hit with my mouth. <laughs> And he hits me back and I'm like, and we kind of do that a couple times. I'm like, all right, sick. So I sit there and then he like immediately, I just see a figure like circling downwind to me. And I'm like, not this time, motherfucker. Like you're not going to circle me like those does. And so I pop up from behind the rock and I see him stop. He's like, what? (laughs) Like there's someone I like popped up like a doony, like, like a gopher out of a hole. And I draw back and he's sitting there at 25 yards and I can tell it's a buck and he's quartering hard to me. So I put it right on his shoulder, shoot him, go coast to coast, right in the middle of the shoulder, came out the back. Is that right, Carol? When we recovered him, was that what it was? Coast to yeah, coast shoulder to the back went, Yeah, almost all the way through. It may have went all the way through. No, yeah, it did because I found my arrow. 
immediately. So I found my arrow and it looked like liver, like it was dark red blood. But I remember we went back to the house. I wasn't sure which buck it was. I knew it probably wasn't the big one, but you guys were giving me so much grief. Like, did you shoot a giant? And you're not telling us, did you shoot a giant? You wanted me to go look for it that night, Jake. Well, yeah, because I had to go home that night as well. And I was like, listen, if it's the big one, like we can either go look for it now or I might stay. If you for sure know it's like a 160 or something, yeah, I would have stayed. But well, and I knew I, I knew it wasn't the 160. Like I, I was I was pretty sure, you know, I saw a frame and a big body. They're big bodied up there, dude. Like a three year old is a big bodied deer up there. So I was like, he isn't that what I said? I was like, he's got he had could a be deceiving. Body. Yeah. Yeah. I said he had a big body and a decent rack. And so that looked good. I called a dog tracker that night because I was like, dude, we're so close to the only reason I didn't want to track him that night was because I just didn't want to bump him on a private because then I'm like, okay, I'm in a different, I'm in a terrible situation if I bump him on a private, because now I got to go ask for permission and they're going to, they're obviously hunters. So I'm not going to, they're probably not going to let me even go look for him. So we didn't, we got a dog went back the next day. The deer went like 60 yards and ended up being, I guess he went a yard for every inch that he was. Cause he was like probably 60 inches, but I didn't, I didn't care one because we were getting our cheeks beat in by, by Kansas. And then two being able to shoot a deer like that on the ground behind a rock and a telephone pole that gave me confidence to where I'm like, if I can shoot one behind a rock and a telephone pole, by God, I can go sh- sit in the field edge and shoot one or sit in the timber. So that made me last year gave, made me have like less respect for a deer's eyes. And I think we'll see if that pays off in the future, but that, that was just one situation where I learned you can definitely kill a deer on the ground. Would a mature buck come and do that same thing? I don't know. Maybe not, but it worked Maybe for me. You'll find out one day. I hope to find out one day I'd do it again. I go sit behind yeah. that same rock again and shoot one. Or at least I try. It was fun. And I feel like get, actually shooting one on the ground, once you do shoot one on the ground, it seems like you want to do it again or you have confidence to do it again. Because I remember when I remember when Jake Air shot one on the ground, I just saw him hunting, ground hunting all the time after that. I'm like, why? He's like, because it, you can do it. Like it's, it, you, can, mm. I, you can do it. Like, why would I carry in a tree stand in an ideal spot and have to saw limbs, which you can't even do on public land and do all this stuff. If, if, if duty calls for the, for the ground, duty calls for the ground. And it, it would be a lot more freeing, I guess. Think about it's it. It's fun. Dude, imagine putting your bag on in your bow and you're like, I'm going hunting. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a few times I've tried to do it. Like it, it's never worked out that, you know, ground hunting that wasn't in a blind. And so it's like one of those ordeals. I don't think it's right for every situation. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think there's actually very few situations that it's right for. I really do. Like if you can get in a tree, why would you not get in a tree? Mm-hmm. I think that's just laziness at that point. If you're like, no, <laughs> I want to sit on the ground. No, you don't want to put up a tree stand. Unless like you're just bound determined to get one in a tree, like on the ground. Right. That's if it's goal oriented or something. Yeah. Other than that, man, like I don't, I don't know. I don't have any stories or don't know much about like good tactics or anything or like when you, when you should use them or not. Like, I think the only thing, the only thing I would say about ground hunting is like used it when there's no other option. A hundred percent. If you have a desire to do it or use it when there's no other option, because there's no doubt that you're putting yourself in their line of sight 
you're you're kind of p- putting yourself behind the eight ball, but that's kind of what makes it fun too. It's the same thing with a bow. When you pick up a bow, you're putting yourself behind that's the eight true. ball. Like a rifle's, it's a lot I easier. We just to, did it because we got to hunt more. That's that's why I do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's because a lot when easier. Season comes around. I'm like, hello, old friend. Three dollars a bullet. <laughs> yeah, it's. I can tell you, it's a lot easier to sit back on a pond dam you know, 150 yards and you can move around a lot during that situation. Yeah, like, you know, what, what, what's going on 150 yards away from me? Like, I know I'm not in any immediate danger. Oh, damn. Exactly. <laughs> Carol, do you, do you have any aspirations of sitting on the ground? Not unless I have to, I have something <laughs> not, not unless he's sleeping. Yeah. Not unless I'm, Dude, sleeping. you're the most not experienced me. ground hunter in our group. <laughs> he's putting hours on the ground, son. <laughs> <laughs> don't even yak like I, I slept that one morning i was so mad because i didn't have my platform i was like i don't really know what to do so i went up you know i was only like 150 yards off the road and i was in grass that was just as tall as i was i was like well this is where i decided to hunt and so i was like mm, no confidence i slept that one morning <laughs> can you imagine a deer walking up and stepping on you like ah, ah, in that grass Dude, the deer had to be within 10 yards for me to even see it. I was just, I, that was one of those hunts where I was like, I'm over this. I just hope somebody else shoots one. That was the same morning that Justin got his big one. So I didn't have your platform at that point. I didn't, I, I didn't have my platform or I didn't have my sticks or my platform or something. Cause that was why I was sitting on the ground where I was Hmm. like, "Eh." I don't remember when it was, but I didn't have something. Or I wouldn't have sat on the ground. You sure you just didn't want to sleep? If I, I wanted to sleep, girl. I would have just said, I think good that's luck. It. I'll see you guys <laughs> when you get back. You know what's bad is when Carol does want to sleep, when he sleeps in his truck, he can just lock the doors and leave me alone. You knock on the door, he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you see. Uh, I've told that on the podcast so many times when you wake up at like 7.30 and you're rested and you're like, seen anything i'm like you don't get to know, <laughs> you don't get to know <laughs> and everyone comes back empty hand and i'm like i'm sure i wouldn't have seen anything and then you're like what are we doing for breakfast <laughs> you're all you're all you well have it made <laughs> yeah I, I you guys act like i slept all week i still got my my butt up a few mornings and, and hunted you pulled it out in kansas and so nobody can say too much that's true i don't know why we were hunting oklahoma public land when we should have been in kansas but I said it too. I was like, we need to go to Kansas before we go to Oklahoma because we will be so burnt out and we will be hunting our better land in the second half of this. And that's what happened. I think like in all transparency, I think we, and everybody did this. I think if we were there six nights, I think we hunted maybe four mornings, maybe, or I'm sorry. We slept in four mornings. There was some, it was, storming really bad when we were there though too there's that but there's a lot of times i woke up and i was like thank god that i hear rain like i wasn't going regardless i think the only that time week we slept tough. in in kansas Chris, christian was the the day that jake got there the the morning after when we stayed in the hotel and we were like no no we slept there was a couple times in at jake's house that we did yeah too. but say we we I, I remember more more mornings than not us sleeping in there yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Me and Carol killed what 167 inches. 
<laughs> of two deer. I mean, it was two deer, but we did kill a one sixty. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't say anything. I added zero to that. So, dude, when I posted my buck that I shot on the ground in the in the Kansas forum, they're like, because I I was asking for a tracker, and then they're like, did y'all find it? And I posted a picture in there, and they were like, the exact reason non-residents should not be. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It probably didn't help the the, the dog tracker post. Man, I wanted well. to get in there. I'm sorry for any Kansas people, but I we ran into so many freaking numbnuts walking around and just ruining hunts and stuff. It's like, well, this is why we have to shoot these deer is because you numbnuts do stupid stuff. Like, like I'm gonna walk all, around with a crossbow in the bedding. Suck it, Lucas. You, you, you don't get to use trail cameras anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think put that on the ballot? <laughs> Me. I voted. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we God. have to shoot deer when you we have people like you. So well, they they wouldn't have had that opportunity if I would have been not been an idiot because I would have shot that 120 in uh, October and it would have been over. Preach brother. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh so I would do an entire separate episode on this, but this episode is gonna come out literally like first week of October, probably. So when this comes out, it will be, let me make sure it'll be October 6th on October 6th. When this comes out, how many deer I know, but do you think there'll be a deer (laughs) between us three dead? Yeah, I know that Christian and I are going to get one. It's just up to, to Dave up there. You think we're both getting one opening day? Probably. Y'all, y'all got a good lease. That's all I'm saying. Please you could have been on in a two, though. I know, I know, but but then, but then we'd have had to do a corn flip or a corn flip, a coin flip for Mister next year, and then, you know, that'd be a hard deer to pass. Well, Carol will show you how to pass him. Well, I know. No, I I, this is my prediction. <laughs> this is, no, this is my prediction. Carol's going to shoot a nice buck opening morning, and then the, another one's going to come in, and he's going to be texting me, dude, I'll buy your half of the lease. Don't you get another <laughs> <door out> there. <laughs> Please, God, let me be done. I don't want to do this all year. Please. You want to talk about changes? I don't, I, I don't see me doing anything opening week. Like, You're not going to go hunt? No, no, no. I am. I am. It's just like flinging an arrow. Probably not. The way it's looking now. No does, no nothing. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't like shooting does, dude. Like I do, but I don't because it's like, oh, there could be a the the one I'm after peering from the tree line about to come out, and all of a sudden it sees Becky get absolutely stroked, and it's like, mm, I want to go to the neighbors. It's fun. It, I mean, yeah, I get it on the private and stuff, but on public, dude, I will absolutely lay a doe down. <laughs> no problem. I think I think if I had to give a prediction, I think I think Carol's going to shoot a buck opening weekend. Man, I, I think so. that's my prediction. I think I I might have an opportunity. I may may not have an opportunity, but I think Carol's definitely going to get a shot at one. It'll be if he's going to pass it or <laughs> or shoot. We got one mature buck in there that is in there like chin hair. That dude lives like I I'm pretty convinced he lives like ten yards from the feeder. Cause he's in there every morning, every evening seems like. Is that, is that, that big eight? The big eight. I think I know which one you're talking about. Short threes. That guy. Yes. Horrendous threes. It kills me. It hurts my heart so badly. 
But you could hurt his heart on October 1st. I could. Mm. I'm fairly confident that I could, but we've just got some brutes in there that I'm going to see if they come around first. Well, tell me this. Are y'all going to shoot does? If I shoot a buck, I will. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but that's what I mean. Like it, it's on private. It's really hard to like try to try to shoot a doe. Cause like I've got a certain stand to. location. I have a stand location that bucks don't hit that. I will shoot does that. Yeah. It's on the North end of uh, it's on a different, you know, four or 500 yards away. I would shoot does on that stand for mm-hmm. sure. I'm a, I'm with you though. Like if there's bucks coming into a place, no, I'm not going to shoot a doe, but Let's see, that's, that's my issue. Could I, could I shoot a doe? Yes. But will I? No. Not that early. Will you shoot a doe, Carol? After you shoot your buck? After you're out of there as well. Yeah. But yeah, we already talked about it. I'm no screwing it up for the other person because we can shoot a doe at. We have ten to choose from in the morning and the evening, so they're not going anywhere. So just wait till we're done. Dude, on my other lease, there's one picture. Where there's like eight does in one photo. I'm like, this is gonna be a problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to thin four of these out. If I shoot a buck on opening weekend <laughs> and then does come in, I'm going to keep shooting the does until I'm out of arrows. Uh, whenever you're talking about uh, a whole bunch of does in one picture, that made me think of all the raccoons I have uh, eating all my corn and stuff. And what we talked about doing is like just going out there with a little that little mini crossbow and just picking off all the raccoons. With, with, oh, with that's that so sucker. awesome! Our lease is full of them. I mean, the first uh, October, what I hunt, like sixth or seventh last year on the lease, I walked in and every tree that I looked at, I would just see like, because there's not a lot of tall trees. You know, they're like elm of, trees. Yeah they're, 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 yeah, they're all short trees. And every single tree I looked at, I would just see a coon and then I would see another coon peek out. And I'm like, I saw 20 coons just walking into the tree stand. I was like, we probably should do something about this at some point, but. Dude, we see them. Uh, so we have these like little baskets around the feeder head so they don't spin it and get corn. They hang on them one arm and they throw their other arm in to try to grab. <laughs> They're relentless too, man. They're so yeah, relentless. Yeah. Yours is a lot higher too. So if they fall, it's a pretty good little drop. Dude, they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. There, We have a step up ladder one and it's like six foot, seven foot off the ground and they'll climb all the way to the top and then jump down on that thing. And then try to- <laughs> Dude, we get so many photos of them just hanging on with one arm and it's like, gosh, dang, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Well, um, tell you why the time this goes out, it's going to be deer season. It's, uh, September 24th now, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really good year. I really do. I'm dialed in. I am dialed in. I walked out, shot probably with 20 arrows, and I was like, all right, my my target is done for pretty much. So I put a leaf and a stick in there, held the leaf up with a stick. I was like, all right, I shoot shoot until I don't – or I shoot until I hit the leaf um, because my arrow is starting to go through my target and first shot, hit the stick holding in the leaf, and I was like, I can walk back inside with confidence now. I'm ready for hunting season. May the odds forever be in y'all's favor. And everybody what do you mean? Ready for hunting season? It, it will be hunting season when this comes out. I know, and I hope that the folks. I hope that there's like three, four bucks down by the time people listen to this. Probably not, but I hope so. <laughs> Anywho, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're going to be doing one more episode of the po- how to hunt bucks on public land or how to hunt public bucks 
series and episode five is just kind of a general strategies, ethics, stories mm-hmm. kind of episode. So that most of the meat and potatoes are done, but I kind of want to keep the last one lighthearted. So we're going to be doing that in the next uh, <laughs> next episode. That'll be number five and the finality of the series. So thanks for sticking around with us. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Jesus loves you. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.